episodes of Hot Single Blah Blah Blah. I'm Autumn. I'm joined by uh, Regs. Hello. Uh, I'm finishing editing Gotham City Limits as we start this conversation. Um... <laughs> oh, I can't play it back to listen to it, but I think it's fine. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> One can hope. You know. We're here to talk about two things, and I don't know if we'll get to both of them. We'll uh-huh. figure it out. Yeah. One is um the new uh brandy carlisle album uh slash the new killers album slash autumn's country music thoughts broadly speaking because i've been listening to a lot of country music lately and two is uh nba uh 2021 2022 season predictions um yes those are the those are the list items oh (laughs) pitchfork right we did also get some quick hitters on this on the episode of hot singles we did just record okay um 
But, like, we only got to the Charlie aspect and not the, like, all the others. So, let me. if we get to all three, we're in good company. If we don't, then so be it. So, probably you just did some of this, but, like, let me just reopen the... Let me open the Pitchfork Revisited stuff thing real quick. Just see if there's any ones that I'm particularly irate about. Um, I... Because... I was mad, um, not as mad as I am, but I was mad about Random Access Memory getting, like, demoted in hindsight yeah, because uh, it's not a popular album. I don't know. I the, the one, I mentioned this obliquely in the podcast, but that's one where I'm, like, annoyed that I retrospectively have to have agreed with Pitchfork's ultimate take because I think they got it wrong. I think they actually got it wrong. And I was <laughs> convinced that they got it wrong at the time. And I don't like the fact that they... They, I now have to be in agreement being the result of like fashion rather than any actual conviction of what the album's like because right. they still believe the things they think about the album they just like think that their score is relatively wrong like given the trends around it just I guess here's most- what I'll say about Random Access Memories uh, Random Access Memories is not forever in the way that like Discovery is you know um, but in the summer of 2013, it was the best fucking album ever made. That's how I feel about it. Is yeah. that for for yeah. one summer, pop music was beautiful and perfect, um, <laughs> and we were all listening to Marauder just like monologue over a nice beat for a little while. That's <laughs> yeah. I understand. I understand that in hindsight, yeah, okay, that's not their best album. You know, blah blah blah. But I just appreciated it for what it was at the time. And I think retroactively lowering it to sort of like agree with the long tail feelings about that album is coward shit. Because at the time, I remember everybody loving that record. Yeah. And again, for my counterpart for it, it's like, did you not understand why this was completely out of step with actual popular culture at the moment in 2013? Like, this was Mm -hmm. a... (laughs) <laughs> it's not not again to be like well the kids were already down with Skrillex but <laughs> um, the, like this was an album that I felt like completely pulled its punches that I could listen to the Daft Punk's production for Kanye and The Weeknd and be like they're so much more compelling when they're actually trying to write pop songs than they are when they're trying to do this sort of pastiche like prestige root studio recording version of the stuff that they're sampling like this just isn't mm-hmm. exciting to me. Um, there's nothing gripping here. I can respect it immensely. Some of the songwriting's great. And um. nothing about it is actually grabbing. Um, and it washed straight through me. That I remember doing it right, because fine. And I remember Instant Crush, because Julian Casablancas is always fun. And literally everything else on that album just like washed straight out. And I remember having the time being like, this is a three-star album. Like, technically accomplished. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with it. And just leaves me very cold. Um... The other one that I feel there's there's two more that I feel are coward shit. Um, mm-hmm. There's okay, okay, there's four that I have objections to. One <laughs> I'm I'm sure you've covered. The born to die thing is stupid. <laughs> born to die is just I mm. I like video games. Shut up about every other Lana Del Rey song ever. I don't care. <laughs> Um, I did the tweet, which is just like, please find another white woman to like build your entire like racial anxiety around. It's getting very tiresome. Like, <laughs> it's so funny that they 
almost adjacent to each other. They uh, downgrade Grimes because she's canceled, and then upgrade Lana Del Rey because she's not canceled yet. Um, so, so funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the other side of this is Miss Anthropocene, an album they, in this rewrite, describe as cloying and timid at worst, seeming to lack in cohesion. Um, and that gets a 6.9 on the rescore. Whereas yeah. uh, getting... Where is, where is the one that made it obvious? Um, uh, I can't remember which one I had in mind, but like there was... It might have just been the Charlie one, which is like, you've upgraded this to a 7.8. You've upgraded this to within a half a star of the of the, mm. the Grimes album that you've literally just decided is like literally incoherent as a project. Like, <laughs> come on. Um, you've decided, yeah, an album calling yeah. and timid lacking cohesion is a three and a half star album. Like, come the fuck on. Yeah. No, um, no you don't get to get away with these. The other... Uh, one of them that I object to is the Big Boy album getting downgraded. That's There's no reason for that. No yeah. one remembers that album except me and Hannah. No one has listened <laughs> to that album in like in 10 years. There's no reason to take shots at Big Boy. Just leave us alone. <laughs> leave us alone as the Big Boy enjoyers. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know that record at all. And I'm just like... This is completely out of step with the others in terms of... It doesn't even hit a fashion thing. It doesn't even hit, like, a... Like That's a, the thing. A, yeah. It's... Okay, it's not a 9.2 record. But probably 7.7 is more accurate. Who cares? Who yeah. the fuck cares? The <laughs> That's what I want to know. I think you might. <laughs> <laughs> I care because it's, like, a 7.7 that I have a lot of affection for. And, like... Just going back 11 years later to shit on it for literally no gain. Like, yeah. the rest of these generate discussion. This doesn't generate discussion because no one else remembers that album. <laughs> um, yeah. Other... The, hmm. the, the, we talked extensively about the Charlie pick. Um, Regina Spector is a funny one because I remember being like, ah, oh, she sold out at Begin to Hope. Like, mm -hmm. I remember being the person who was like, I can't remember what the Soviet kitsch was the one before this, which is like, uh, I'm going to remind myself because it's been years since I thought about Regina Spector properly. Um, uh, see, discography. Yeah, Mariam Meets the Gravediggers and Soviet kitsch are the two albums before Begin to Hope. And those were all like the strange, esoteric and beautiful, scary ones. Um, with all sorts of like weird rabbit holes and narrative things to go down and that like gave a lot of like material for a bunch of mid-aughts indie kids to like play with emotionally in the same way that like that this was the like frivolous side to Joanna Newsom being like long and literary and wordy in a different way mm -hmm. and then Begin to Hope was like oh this has got on the radio it's got some pop bullshit um, I still love bits of it but yeah it's nowhere near as interesting as the others. And I also don't think anywhere near as important. Um, I, Samson is beautiful, but it's just as good, if not like marginally worse than Love Affair of Marianne Meets the Gravediggers. Uh, like everything about this just like confuses me as to why they've decided this is the cult moment. Because like everyone I know was talking about her two years previous. 
whatever. That's too much time spent on Regina Spectre. The Strokes, <laughs> they just got that wrong. It's not an eight, it's a nine. Uh, like, that was simple. Um, yeah, the, the Strokes one is funny because I agree. It's not an eight, it's a nine. Um, I feel like this is such a marginal upgrade that, like, who cares? Yeah. Who's, who's still mad about, <laughs> like... The room on fire review. If you're not, because I understand upgrading um, discovery from a six point four to a ten. Like I understand, like oh, the logic. we just wanted to do it's a hateful. little blurb it's about cynical. like the biggest hateful, mistake in our yeah. entire history. You yeah. know, but but this is such a marginal upgrade that I cannot imagine the person who remembers or cares. The this would be more justified to me if they bumped it up to a ten, but. That doesn't make any sense because Room on Fire is not a ten. <laughs> no, because it's the city is a ten, and Room on Fire is not it's the city in an important way. Yeah, this um, is the thing. This has always been the thing. It's why you gave Room on Fire an eight to begin with, is because it's not is this it? <laughs> very simple. Um, but yeah, uh, the funny one for me, Chelif's Moth, because that's an album I really, really love, and I thought people were mean to it at the time. But again, because they just didn't fucking understand it. And this is the same, like, this is the anthropology of what Pitchfork does to, its, to like, the female artists it reviews. Like, Chellift getting low, getting lowballed, Charlie getting massively lowballed, Sophie being absolutely incoherent to them, and then Lana and Grimes being massively overrated. Lana still being so, and Grimes formerly being so, and being trashed now. Like, Pitchfork has this, like, weird strange obsessional attitude towards like iconic women and yes. no understanding that women are simply just part of culture who like yes. might drive it on in important ways and like do stuff that is interesting they are so obsessed with women as like literally magic pixie dream girl like figureheads for them to project their anxieties and dreams onto that they forget to actually listen to who they are and what they do and say yes um, this Caroline is... Polachek is one of the coolest like women in pop music for the last decade Charlie mm-hmm. XCS is currently the coolest woman in pop music. Mm-hmm. Like, they just don't understand them because they don't but actually care about looking at what they actually fucking do. For so. for nearly 10 years now, um, Pitchfork has, like, like, since the release of Self-Titled, Pitchfork has been unable to consider Beyonce as a person who exists and makes music, but yeah. rather as this sort of, like, deity figure... Um, who represents both all womanhood and all blackness. Um, And it's maddening. (laughs) Desperately overbearing and also just like really, really shows their ass on a regular basis. Yes. But yeah, um, there you go. Uh, We shout all over Pitchfork. Oh, oh, last one. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know this Liz Fair record, period, end of sentence. I don't know it. Um, upgrading it from a zero to a six is hilarious because apparently you feel bad about it, but not that bad. You still don't think it's like that good of an album. (laughs) Yeah. And it's very much in the same sense as Vroom Vroom getting upgraded to a 7.8, which is like the holding pattern school for not being actually considered important in their lexicon. Because no, that EP is a nine and a half. Like that EP (laughs) set a template that still sounds terrifying and futuristic and new right now. Like, fuck off. Like you, basically, you're admitting it's not a good record, but we just did the zero to get attention, (laughs) which is such a sad like. Once again, who cares? Like, who cares? Who cares? That said, no one is coming to save Jet Shine on. So, (laughs) you want to talk about Brandy Carlisle? I want to talk about Brandy Motherfucking Carlisle. (laughs) 
go. Um, In These Silent Days is the best album of 2021. I'm not hearing arguments. Fair enough. Um, That's it. That's the podcast. We're out of here. <laughs> Wait, the possible bit. <laughs> oh, right. The Sixers are not going to win this year. Now we're done. It's like you're prepping everything. Christ. Um, Pitchfork didn't even review the Brandy Carlisle album. Fucking shameful. Wow. I want, I'm going to metacritic it just to try and find out who did. See if any of the, like... This is tested. actually weird to me because, like... Just the, the, the sort of things that, like, Pitchfork's co- Pitchfork covers and doesn't cover is constantly baffling to me. Um, yeah. Like... It, whatever. I don't actually care if Pitchfork reviews in these silent days. I don't care. I, I don't. But... It is weird to me that, like, Pitchfork is just electing not to cover, like, one of the biggest country <laughs> stars in, in the world right now. Like... Yeah. And, and so this is... Um, yeah, anyway. I have a broader point that I'm going to build to, I guess. Yeah. I mean, got a 7 from Rolling Stone, got an 8 from Mojo, got a 9 from the New York Times. Like... That's... A, it, I, I, I got turned on to Brandy Carlisle via the New York Times, so that tracks to me. Yeah. Is that they would just be like, hey, it's more Brandy Carlisle, because I too am just like, oh, it's more. Like, I don't know. I don't think, like... The first time I heard The Fire Watcher's Daughter, it, like, blew my mind. I was like, holy shit. Oh, my God. This record doesn't have that. This record is like, oh, she made another record, and it's as good as the last two. Mm-hmm. Great. You know? And I'm Does just it innovate? The, the, like... No. Who cares? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just in the right joyous place right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I <sighs> have been singing right on time to myself every single day since I heard it, which is what <laughs> I want from, you know, singer-songwriter music. <laughs> yeah, the, the like the super hooky singer-songwriter track you're after. Oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, have you uh, listened the, to it? That, that top line, the, the chorus is just like got that incredibly beautiful arch build to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a it's a thing that we throw around when we initially start talking about it, but like the weird, slightly Bowie quality to that chorus is like very much not lost on me. I think, personally. Yeah, and it's um, it's something that like now that I've heard it in this song, I hear it in some of her other stuff um, before. Like um, so Brandy is like very famous and successful, but um. I think um, is perhaps best known to the um, like American public as, since her performance of the joke um, at the Grammys in 2019. Um, and I watched that performance again today and I was like, oh, you know what? This has a similar sort of like Bowie melody um, that I'd never thought about before. Um, but like right on time just like makes it all like very on the surface you know like oh okay this is the thing that she's been doing for a while and i just didn't pick up on it that's fun um, I that performance too. it's good it's a good one um it's it, it is a little like cloying grammy's liberal i think oh yeah um to be honest, I very consistently like considered bringing onto hot singles albums that are, can be summarized as, "Hey, remember when we thought 2016 was the worst year and worst year ever?" Or, "Do you remember when we thought 2018 was the worst year ever?" <laughs> like, they have that like 
that like mournful energy of a, of a Democrat yeah. song gone wrong. Like, yeah. There, there is the the one song that I actively skip on in these silent days is the um like there is a song that's like about uh like a Republican guy who wants to keep all the immigrants out and when he gets to the gates of heaven like he's kept out and I'm like eh, this is it's a bit not. bit 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 much it's a bit much and it, it, it's so <laughs> funny because like the thing that I I love is like the the very quiet ways that, like, Jesus-y shit will, like, intrude on her music. Um, mm-hmm. But that one just does not work for me, period. No, fair enough. <laughs> so, yeah, the other thing you were listening to was The Killers, and I, this was fascinating to me, um, both because, like, I count myself as a Killers fan. I also count myself as someone who's, like, probably got slightly too fond memories of Day and Age. Um, it, <laughs> Which one's you know, Day and Age? Is that the one with the uh, human? That's human. That's the like disco one. Yeah. Yeah, I like Day and Age well enough. I well, well, okay. I like four or five songs on Day and Age, and could leave the rest. Yeah, it's exactly that sort of thing. Which is annoying because the Killers I hoped would be a band that like inspired strong feelings in me. Um, mm-hmm. But what I re- come to realize is that their peaks are incredibly high, and they can't sustain them all the fucking time. Yeah. But Suppression Machine is a record that immediately made me think of. We talk, We brought on Bowie Talk. Uh, not Bowie. Fucking Bruce Springsteen to Hot Singles and talked yeah. about that like beautiful yeah. powdery late '80s pop sound. And this mm-hmm. just like it's got it in spades, hasn't it? Yes. Oh my god, it is. So, uh, so like, Sam's Town was a Springsteen record. Yeah. You know? This is the reason we all love it, is because it's a Springsteen record. Um, it's it's a perfect album. I love Sam's Town. It is yeah. probably like a top five album of all time for me. Whoa, um, th- that's a shout. I I mean, I just I say that you you time. you have you have uh, hundred and three top five albums of all time. We know this. Yes, <laughs> yes, everybody knows um, this about me. I yes. love Sam's Town though. It, yeah, yeah, Sam's Town. I love and I love in like. I have loved that album for 10 years and I'm yeah. going to love it for 10 more. Like it, it has like gone the distance in the way that like, I don't know, maybe I really like St. Cloud, the by Waxahachie. I have yeah. no idea if that's going to go the distance in the way that like Sam's town has. Totally. Get you know? Yeah. Um, but like, and it, it feels pressure machine. I think in a lot of ways feels like going back to that. Well, but I think lyrically is just doing a lot more than Samstown really is hmm. most of the time. I mean, I also like remember when you were young for being one of the most like lyrically astute and like biting versions Ugh. of a straight up like indie pop banger. So, oh my god! If if, if, yeah. if you think this is doing even more, then like I I've got time for this. Uh, well, okay. So, so um, Samstown lyrically is doing sketches i think um and i think coincidentally like when you were young is like just the most harrowing sketch of like profound sadness that you could possibly imagine you know Mm -hmm. yeah um when you were wrong just when you were young just like hits in a way that like i love bones uh, Bones is just like, hey, what if we had gay sex? Haha. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, for reasons unknown, it's just like, 
oh, what if I had anxiety? Haha. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the pressure machine is about like specific stories, you know. Um, yeah. Country like, mode song storytelling. Yes, yes, exactly. So this is where I was getting to, is that I think country music is like a fake genre. Oh. <laughs> because, like, I don't know what the difference between... Uh, here's what I know, is that, like, Pressure Machine is a album that is going to get reviewed by Pitchfork. That has been reviewed by Pitchfork. Um, and it is called Americana and, like, rock. Um, but to me, does not sound any different from the Brandy Carlisle record. It still has the sort of, like, shimmering pop Springsteeniness of that you're familiar with Killer's records. But, like, uh, Terrible Thing is a country song to me. And Quiet Town is extremely a country song to me. In the Car Outside is extremely a country song to me. It is about, like, specific people on, like, days of their lives. And, like, in a, in a way that, like... There's just, like, a specificity to the songwriting um, that is not always present to me in, like, rock songwriting. It, there's, like, a specificity that I associate with country songwriting. Yeah. Um, and I guess for me, what it unlocked is that, like, one, there's actually no difference between these genres because that is, like, such a sort of, like, ineffable thing to talk about. And two, the difference between these genres then is, like, marketing and, um, like, you know, what is, like, worthy of, like, attention from certain groups of people and what is not, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, because, like, I don't know, I, um, I don't want to sound like I'm bitter about, like, my favorite music, like, not getting, like, enough respect. My, my favorite music is, like, selling millions of records and, like, doing fine. It doesn't, <laughs> I don't need anybody, like, I don't need to be the, you know, the fucking Pistol Annie's, like, defense force or whatever. <laughs> I guess the thing that I'm just realizing is that, like, oh, I see a thread through all of these things, and, like, people just use different terms to confer, like, oh, this is the version of it that I like, and this is the version that I don't like, and since I like all of it, it just kind of, like, all gets flattened into, like, country, rock, roots music sort of thing, and I just think they're all fake genres. Yeah. Can I, <laughs> can I just throw you a song because we talked yeah. about it in the episodes and just get your opinion on it. Uh, yeah. Because you will encounter this song if you do the listening for the upcoming Hot Singles episode, but I just mm. want to see how you get on with it right now. Uh, uh, you want to listen can... together? Uh, yeah. If you, I'm assuming you can actually listen to that link. Yes, I can. Cool. Uh, go for a 3, 2, 1. Yeah. 3, 2, 1, Go. Okay, yeah. This is what I like. <laughs> I, I realize I don't even know, like, the genres of music in the new hot singles. Okay. Okay. 
Have you, are you familiar with Maggie Rogers at all? No. Do I have her name right? I'm gonna make sure I've got her name right. Cause, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is sort of like, um, you should listen to Heard in a Past Life. It's a fun little pop record, I think. Cool. Um, there is a sort of like, uh, 2010s, 2020s, like, pop aesthetic of like pop song with like acoustic guitar and like filtered vocals that I'm really into and it's kind of samey but like I really like it so who's to say if it's good or bad <laughs> yeah so like I'll just flat out say this is one of the tracks on a straight up hyperpop record um, yeah, I can see how you get there, for sure. Just the thing that the, t the tip off is that like doubled octave vocals and the, the amount of like weird spatial effects, the rebub and the delay, like sucking in and backwards in very unnatural ways. Like that's that's the tip off. Yeah. As yeah, well, okay. okay it's some bubbly electronics in the second verse. I see how I see how hyperpop people like if I was gonna make hyperpop like if I me yeah like I see how I filter through like oh I like a lot of like music that is driven by acoustic guitars how do I like you know make and that like edgy and not like edgy like dark but edgy like oh what are like the bits that I like pull out and amplify and like exaggerate to like turn this into a hyperpop thing. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of chat about this particular chat uh, track in the episode. So I'll leave all the like spelling out what's going on in it until then. Mm -hmm. um, about this track. Um, it's beautiful. It's also just like totally transparent to me that there is a, there is a like a deep continuity between this mode of songwriting and stuff that people are doing literally everywhere that there is good songwriting happening. Um, mm -hmm. Which, not to say that that means that the country mode of so storytelling is like in some way un uh, like non-essential, mm -hmm. but it does tell me that like the emotional register, as cool as it is, is like something that we all actually get to tap into in a very, very appealing yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to share is, I don't know if you saw this tweet, but immediately after this track is the final track on the album, which you'll just, that's a snippet of it, and we're doing some investigation. Okay. Um, just, I'm just going to play this. I'm not going to count down. No, no, you don't need to. It's a Twitter video. This is good. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> see, see the thing that happened there. Yeah, yeah. Literally the same. Yeah. Course. Okay. Uh, Man, um, Halloween's such a good song. It's such a good song. <laughs> Again, Phoebe's put underscores on her um, Instagram feed occasionally like they clearly are in dialogue with each other in an important way i'm shocked that no one has like pulled this up at some point but yeah the uh i mean the like the like the through lines between the new more like extended like the the version of the version of phoebe bridges where they're putting like sub bass lines in to like give it this like a deep bass and width and girth um, compared to the to, to the like straight up hyper pop stuff, which has always been in the habit of doing that, but it's decided to turn its attention towards like really specific, really placed 
really located songwriting is yeah i i'm glad that everyone gets to share in this now i mean yeah so like graceland 2 um off punisher is like to in to my ear like just straight up a country song and like i guess it like I, I, was, I was having a memory of, like, being a kid and listening to KCUR, which is the uh, Kansas City um, NPR affiliate station, and, mm-hmm. like, there was a show on KCUR called uh, Saturday Night Fish Fry, or Friday Night Fish Fry? I don't... I think Saturday. Um, where they just played, like, quote-unquote roots music, which was, like, country, like, older rock music, Zydeco, blues... R&B, like, just this sort of, like, catch-all for, like, any genre of music originating in America, as long as it didn't have, like, as long as it wasn't jazz, because, like, the jazz hour was, like, a different hour that came after the fish uh-huh. fry. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and I guess, like, I've just been, like, I was watching an interview with Brandy Carlisle, and she, <laughs> um... Somebody in the interview is like, oh, you're a big advocate for the role of, like, women in country music. And she kind of pivots to the word, like, roots music um, uh-huh. there. I And I, could, I don't know how much of that was, like, her just speaking in the moment because she's just doing an interview. And how much of that is, like, she prefers that term. Because um, it encompasses something about, like, the attitude rather than, like, specific genre markers. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but, yeah, like, I... In some ways, I'm, like... I kind of like that term roots music because it like kind of shows that these are all coming from one tradition and just have like slightly different instrumentation or like lyrical inclinations sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I like it because it is so much less specific. um, And I maybe like this week where I've just been listening to in these silent days and pressure machine a lot Mm -hmm. Um, I just feel like there is like very little difference between these things that I care about. Um, because I see the line from these things to Phoebe Bridgers, which like, I think some people don't see all the time, but it's like, eh, I don't know. It's just sad girls singing. Yeah, sad girls singing. It's not that different. (laughs) Brandon Flowers is peak sad girls singing. (laughs) Brandon Flowers is for Midwestern gays who wish they still go to church and no one else. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Shout um, out to Brandon Flowers. <laughs> but Brandon Flowers did not need to write a song that is devastatingly personal about being a, a gay teen in the 90s, um, but he did that. And I'm not saying that I think Brandon Flowers is gay, but I'm saying that I think Brandon Flowers is gay. <laughs> There we go. Only on hot singles. Yeah. Um, Only on ornate stairwells. Hey. Hey. Um, do you want to talk about basketball for a bit, or let's talk about basketball? So, do you still have that like little bit of prep? Like, here's some thoughts I had about. Absolutely exactly can't how- find it. Spent twenty minutes <laughs> trying to, can't find it. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, let us pull up the NBA. NBA.com slash teams. Yeah. Um, Let's just, I'm just going to go down this list. We'll start with the Eastern Conference because that's at the top of this page. And then we'll do the Western Conference. Sound good? All right. Uh, How are we ordering this? Um, I'm just, I'm just, 
got this here and like nba.com slash team. So I'm just going to go, you know, on this. I, it's got it alphabetical and by division, which no one has ever known what the divisions are in basketball. No, like, absolutely. We can align. We can align. Um, so Eastern Conference thoughts on the Boston Celtics. They cannot, okay. be, they cannot be any less ill than they were last season. Um, yes. They picked up Dennis Schroeder, who is objectively quite a mediocre player, but it's kind of what they need. Still mm-hmm. haven't sorted out at center, but they have a little Horford back who maybe will work. I'm like, I can't fucking tell. I think there's probably more front office bullshit going on than we realize, given Ainge departing. Brad Stevens is no longer the coach. Big, big thing. Brad Stevens yes. is no longer the coach. I think they're going to be coached worse. I don't think you can get better coaching than Brad Stevens. So I'm still picking them for like a six seed because I don't actually trust that they're going to have the rebound that we expect, even though that like their baseline is so much higher because they all got like decimated by COVID. Six six seed feels right. I saw Ime Udoka talking about like, we think we can play with some size because we've got uh, Jalen and Jason and Al Horford. They got Al Horford back, which is hilarious to me it's as a Sixers fan. Um, the, he said that, and I was thinking, I was like, did they acquire a center in the offseason that I don't remember? Because I don't remember them having a center, like, period. <laughs> uh, they've got, um, what, is it Robert Williams? And, Who the fuck is Robert Williams? <laughs> uh, Boston Celtics roster. Let's have a look at who they currently have signed. Uh, can we sort by position? Um, this is not sorted by position. And uh, it doesn't allow you to, at least no, the page I'm looking at. Um, They've got Ennis uh, Cantor, who is, he, I suppose, he does, is a 6'10 center. He, 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 he is a center in name and name only because he cannot defend for his life. But yeah, Robert Williams is their, like, pogo stick young guy who... Well, he, he will be, like, their Jarrett Allen impressionist, but still mm-hmm. not going to be great um, and small-ish. Um, yeah, they don't have proper bigs, really, like... Yeah, they haven't figured that situation out. Like, maybe that'll just be lots of Horford at center, and they'll be quite switchy. Who knows? I don't know. I I, I do know. I for some reason I follow. I think because I started following the Athletic, mm. um, and I followed a bunch of writers who work at the Athletic. For some reason, I follow like three people who cover the Celtics, and so I know Ooh. more about the Celtics than I care to. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, but I know that they're that Udoka is like doing a lot of switching stuff. Like that is yeah. going to be his focus. Cool. There we um, go. So that's enough time spent on the Boston Celtics. Let's keep it snappy. Um, the Nets. Who knows? Who? Uh, Kyrie is a complete wild question mark. We have literally nothing. To, to, to like know about whether he'll even be around for half their home for all their home games. So I, I think I think KD might be on for an MVP season. That's where I'm at. Like I think it's like Yeah, this is the thing is that like if I was gonna put down money, I would probably put it on the Nets winning this whole thing. Yeah. Um one, I don't think that's interesting or fun. <laughs> um I think it's and interesting for the sake of KD specifically. Like, KD yes. putting a team on his back and, like, taking it all the way is... That's exciting to me, genuinely. Yes. Uh, and I... Two... I guess I just feel... I don't know. We all spent a couple years where it was just the, 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 the Warriors and the Cavs every year. And, like, 
This year, it was the fucking Phoenix Suns versus the Milwaukee Bucks, two teams yeah. that no one believed in. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of feel like the playoffs have enough space for, like, randomness and weirdness that I, do, I would put down money on the Nets, but I... I no I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like anything could happen. Totally, totally. I feel um, like I feel like we could get surprised and like teams that are worse than the Nets could go farther or something like that. You yeah, know? Yeah, no, I I get you, yeah. So I mean that literally the Hawks, a worse team, went farther than the Nets. Yes. <laughs> um, so Hawks are interesting, yeah. Knicks um, next up. Um Knicks probably they, making the playoff, probably not getting out of round one. Exactly. Just broadly uninteresting because they overperformed and are still not a great team. Sixers probably making the playoffs. Who knows? Oh my god. I can't tell whether to put pencil them as like a three seed or a seven seed. And it's wild that the team We're not best. being the best regular season team again. I'll tell you no. that much for free. Yeah, no, we God. The, the the variance on this is wild. And at some point there'll be a Simmons trade and we'll talk about the Simmons trade, but like <laughs> Imagine if there wasn't a Simmons trade. Oh my god! So I mean, imagine the, if we get to the, the trade deadline and Simmons is still playing for the 76ers. I don't think he'll get past the trade deadline, but there's a chance he gets there at least because they're starting to feel the impact of the sanctions. If him not reporting, like the 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 Sixers beat writers are saying, like, well, he's actually starting to lose real money now, and he's getting a bit antsy. He might return, which is wild. <laughs> Absolutely wild. <laughs> but, <you> know, <laughs> Ugh. Shit talks um, like that. Raptors destined for like middle ground mediocrity despite them having some very cool, exciting players. They're just waiting to like hit on some young guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't I could like see the, the play in game. I don't I don't yeah. think they're gonna get to the sixth seed. No. You know? Um I'm surprised still surprised they drafted Scotty Barnes over Jalen Suggs. That to me is always gonna be one to watch is like will they rue the, the day they pass on Suggs? But, done now. Um, Chicago Bulls, people who report on the NBA seem kind of high on the Bulls. I don't know why. Yeah, they cannot defend to save their lives. And I feel like they're going to run each other, into, literally run into each other's ankles at the elbow every single possession. Like I don't, like, I don't know. They've got Zach Levine, they've got Vucevic, they've got DeMar DeRozan. Who I didn't know he still played basketball. He's been um, good. Oh, to be very, very fair, Demar Rosen is still incapable of hitting a three pointer, but he is still crafty as shit. He can still score from two, and he's really good at passing now. The Spurs can okay. how to pass. So you know, I, this is the thing: is he just was irrelevant for two years because like the Spurs have been treading water, and yep. so yep, yep, yep. Uh, and last, last but not least, they've got Lonzo Ball. So like, I don't. I don't know what, like, the Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine two-man game gets you, you know? Yeah, so... Like, I don't... I think it gets you something possible because uh, Lonzo is not a primary ball handler, but you want the ball in Zach Levine's hands. I think Vucevic is a very, very good offensive center. I just, like... Yeah. Lonzo is going to be the... <laughs> um, sorry. Uh, Lonzo is going to be the best defender in the starting five. Everyone else is going to be trashed here. Yeah, uh, I I basically don't see a way in which they can produce lineups that both attack and defend at any given point in time. 
That's the thing is I, I, I just like, look at this team and I'm like, how? What do you? What's your game plan here? Like, yeah. how do these people complement each other? Not the, that... o- the answer is Zach Levine turns into a 32 point a game scorer. Like that's the answer. Um, yeah, conti- him continuing to blow the fuck up, which is worrisome because he's also up for right, either extension or trade sooner rather than later. So you know. I would love to see Zach Levine as like the second or third best player on a team that I kind of like more than I want to hey, see him. Hey, it mm. wouldn't happen because the Bulls front office isn't like this, but Zach Levine for Ben Simmons. <laughs> no, I'm not like, even kidding. I, okay. That would be great because I am moving to Chicago soon. I don't know that I'm going to have the chance to see the Bulls. But, like, it's not out of the realm of possibility. It yeah. could happen. Yeah. And I would go see Ben. And sure, whatever. To scream at I'm him. I'm not a Tell resident to... of Philadelphia, so I don't want to, like, stab <laughs> him in the street like most people do. No, but you, you do want to go so that you can taunt him for not being able to make a free throw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in the stands and like my you know my fucking Scotty Pippen jersey that I don't even feel that strongly about like looking like a Bulls fan and then just every time Ben is shooting three th- free throws I'm like boo yeah that's how it goes <laughs> you suck piece of shit um the Cavs are not making the playoff and they- also weirdly hit- hitting real bad in the lottery that's my yeah. prediction is that like they're going to tank, and they're not even going to do a good job of that. Cursed franchise. I mean, I also think they're better than about four or five other teams at the bottom of the league. So, like, that's I think the that's problem. surprising. They're Darius, not going to lose enough games. Yeah, so, like, Darius Garland's good. Colin Sexton, I don't think, is very good. I think he's, like, everyone wanted him to be mo- uh, modern-age Westbrook, and he's just not fucking that. So they're going to need to actually make some, like, trades. And bad team making trades on players who are potential prospects but not great is like always a bad situation to be in so yeah kevin love is 33 years old no one can stop that from happening no no uh Um, pistons watch them for cade oh right they got cade cunningham the pistons could be a fun team i feel like like, i feel like cade and uh uh jeremy grant like they could they could put something together that's fun. I don't think that they're gonna like go far, but they, no. they might put it together like a fun team to watch when like your team is playing them. Yeah. You know? So the unfortunate thing is, unlike someone like Lamelo, uh, Kate Cunningham is incredibly good at doing efficient, boring plays well. So mm-hmm. <laughs> he might not be blockbuster TV at least until he gets like a bit of strength and a bit of bust and can start actually like running games. Because I don't think that's gonna happen. I think his physique isn't quite there just yet. But he's a big point guard who's going to make an offense tick if he's got plays around him. But he just doesn't yet. So give it a year, is my take. Yeah. Um, Indiana Pacers, who cares? Who who fucking cares? They're they're still a mess. They still need to figure out their roster. It's not very good. They're treading water. Who cares? Move on. I want to know what the Bucks do this season. What do they have left to prove? They really don't have much, but also like... It's weird because no one has any faith in this team, even though they've got, like, the back-to-back MVP who just won finals MVP. Yeah. It's slightly um, bonkers, but yeah. I, I, the, like, I, I still feel like Budenholzer's job should be on the line, even though he is, like, the reigning NBA champion. I still just, like, this fucking guy, I don't know. You sure, mate? Sure. Like, I... Uh, 
I don't know. I like <laughs> this dude with that hair. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Oh, it's strange how they don't inspire confidence. At the same time, they're like one of the most absolutely functional teams with a really high talent level at the top end as well. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's strange. Yeah. I it, like. Just, but also, just like. Do they come out, like, wanting to just, like, punch people in the mouth? Do they want to, like, repeat? Or do they, like, Does or do it, they, like come mm, back, like, we're going to just, like, have a good regular season and we're going to do our best in the playoffs? Like, uh, um, like mod- model 73-win Warriors came off a title and decided to take people's doubts about them and turn it into Papi and Mache. Yeah. There's a okay. world in which the Bucks decide, like, no, we are going to win 70 games. We are going to put any doubts in people's minds to fucking bed. I guess, I guess... I still don't think that means they're going to beat Brooklyn in a playoff series. But, like, I think they have that within them. Yeah, like, I guess, like... It's so weird because, like, they've proven now. Like, this is a team that can win the playoffs. Like, they yeah. did it. Um... And we know that they have it in them to be the best regular season team. Like, they they probably could have been the re- best regular season team if, like, they really believed that Giannis could somehow win the third, like, third straight MVP. Like, if they put their energy in that, they probably could have made it happen. And, I yeah, I don't know what this team's identity is uh, coming off this championship. I'm excited to see that, I guess. Yeah. 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 Um... Again, like I'm just, we're not, we're no longer in the age of the Warriors and Cavs. We're no longer in the age of teams that are, to all intents and purposes, flawless till they face opponents of equal caliber. Um, mm-hmm. The Bucks still feel vulnerable, even as good as we know they are. They still feels like yes. they could just fall apart in a net series. And I, I think they would have been bounced by the Nets if literally anyone was healthy on that team. Yeah, uh, Hawks. Trey Young's Stan account. Um, I feel like it's the least I can do for him. Yeah, uh, he, like best heel for the for the league. Absolutely. Yeah, he he um, embarrassed me. Um, <laughs> it made me look like a goddamn moron for weeks. Uh, and I I love him now. Yeah. Um, it's so strange. I'm, like I just there was always the the tr- the Trey Luca trade hiding in the background of all of their their like. That's gonna like be with them for the rest of their careers. Yeah. Two years ago, if you'd asked me, I'd have thought like no question. Dallas is like positioned to have one of the best futures in the league. And the way that the Hawks have like developed their talent, developed one of the deepest, most flexible, and most like excellent rosters. Even they remind me of where Phoenix was at the start of last season. I feel like they could be up for one or two big blockbuster moves that gets them the pieces they need to like properly compete soon um the Hawks i didn't realize ha- clint capella was only 27 yeah no Shit. like he he, he bounced Shit. out of, he bounced out of houston while he was still at 24 or something like i get i guess because i remember that 2018 series so well i remember yeah. him yeah. just like crushing dudes and i guess like the way that he played in 2018 i assumed that he was 27 then yeah exactly. you know and he now play- he's like he a- played with a confidence yeah. then that blew me away and now you know and now he's doing it for the Hawks is like a, a a tier 2 DPOY candidate like he's really that good I just yeah. we're, we're waiting for the consolidation trade whether they turn one or two of the young guys and some picks into a proper second star and like yeah. 
go for people's necks because they have that talent. Yeah. They really, really do. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see the Hawks. I'm a, I'm also excited. Um, I think I think the um, I think the um, the NBA's decision to start like really cracking down on like the sort of shooting fouls that um Trey Young like commits constantly. Yes. You know, this uh the, like the the changes in officiating um I think are a good move for like you know, basketball. I think it'll make games more fun to watch. Yes. Um and I also feel utterly confident in like within 3 months Trey Young will have adjusted. He will have figured out some new different bullshit. Yeah, like I feel like Trey, like, like there might be he might have a rocky start to the season as he like starts getting calls he didn't used to get, but he's a smart fucking kid, you know. Yeah, no, th- his um, whole his whole thing is like the there's just like the nous and the savvy to like be simultaneously the best passer and like most crafty scorer around. Like he has to be that because he hasn't got the body to be anything other than that. He needs it all. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, like he will figure out. He will craft ways to score points. No question about yeah. that. Charlotte. Um, I I feel like it's going to be the same story as last year, where I love watching this team, and they're not going to go very far. Yeah, I, that's fine. I want to watch them. I really want to yeah. watch them. Yeah. I Did want they... to watch the Charlotte Hornets. What the fuck is up? <laughs> uh, they drafted the most fun player uh, in the league right now. That's yeah, pretty much that. That's they're, the they're, they're like, like Lamelo passing and um, and Joel like dream shaking on people. This is the only. This is the two best shows yeah. in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just glad that they have the people to go just like go up. They have the Miles Bridges and the PJ Washingtons to go up and dunk the shit that Lamelo's lobbing to them. Like it's just the best situation. I'm just excited. <laughs> he um he got the Kyle heat Lowry. got Kyle Lowry. I you forgot. forgot about this. Christ. They also got Marquise Morris. <laughs> yeah, not bad. Uh, they, they they are consistently searching for the the eternal Jay Crowder replacement. They need that stretch four. They need that fifth guy yeah. in the lineup because yeah. Jimmy um, Duncan Robinson, Kyle Lowry, and Bam is like a really very fucking good four. Yeah. But they yeah, need someone I, who's, who's like a good, like large defender, and they just haven't found that guy yet. Maybe it's it, maybe it, it's Marquise. It really feels like, it really feels like they went for the, or they they bet on the Giannis thing, um, got like not lucky. I don't want to say lucky with that finals appearance, but like no, no, no I think that legit, the, the like, time stuff yeah, broke it, just right, just right. Yeah, um. And it feels like maybe, like, a chip on their shoulder is not enough to, like, make up for, like, they just need another person to round out that starting five and then they're good. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, like, this is the thing. They're also, like, old already. This Jimmy is no no youngster. Um, yeah, Jimmy's 32. Lowry's 35. Um, this team is going to, like, yeah. Like, Bam, Tyler Hero, and um, Duncan Robinson are all young guys, but, like, uh, well, Duncan Robinson's older than no, I he's, he was. No, he's, he's 27, because he came in off the four years of college, I think. Yeah, and so, like, they're, that's, like, a young core, 
but you're too like you've got two other players who are like older guys and it just doesn't feel like the the balance isn't quite there you know yeah i mean more than anything just like they could have a very fun feisty season that maybe takes them to the eastern conference finals if they knock off a really good team I don't see them knocking off like the very, very best in the league. At which point, like, yeah. what's your actual window? That's a that's an open question. But they might just yeah. be very interesting for now. Like Lowry's a Lowry makes them more exciting and fun to watch. Jimmy's always just like compelling TV. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just gonna say something, and we're all just gonna. Um, Tyler Hero and Victor Oladipo for Ben Simmons. <laughs> that's upsetting. <laughs> no, that's rancid. I'm just, ugh. Oh. How could you do that to me? Um, the Orlando oh. Magic, who cares? Yeah, the, literally. Who cares? Sucks might be good, whatever. Uh, Wizards, when are you going to finally give it up? Um, trade Beal. Trade Beal now. <laughs> The, the Wizards, I feel like, are ready to give it up. I don't know, but it feels like the we- the Wizards are ready to throw in the towel. It's that Bradley Beal is not ready to throw in the towel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he should be, frankly. I don't know what he's after. I don't know what his, like, desires in his heart, of his in his soul, really, really tell him to, like, to go out and seek, but... He, uh, he's not Dame Lillard, by, by which I don't mean he's, like... It, one... He's not as good as Dame. No. That's that's irrelevant to what I'm talking about. Honestly, truly irrelevant. The thing that is relevant to what I'm talking about is that, like, uh, the wizard, Like, Portland is a consistent playoff team that feels constantly just on the precipice of, like, something. <laughs> like, it feels like something is going to happen every year, and it never does. Yeah. Um... The Wizards are miserable. Just just for context, like, the stat with Portland is something like every single year Dame has been healthy by one or so. They have been a top seven offense in the league. You cannot guarantee that with Bradley Beal. And if that's the case, like, you simply need more than what you have. Like, Portland can afford to be in this, like, continual cycle of attempting to contend because they really do have that player who is going to make them a, like, top tier offense on his own. And just like no, like the Wizards don't have the talent. They're run out. They have run out of time long since. And they're just sitting depreciating their one good asset. Yeah. Give him to the Sixers, please. <laughs> God, Beal for Beal for Simmons is depressing. Why? I genuinely like what, De- what's depressing so bad on about behalf it? of Ben Simmons, a man I hate. Yeah. No, not entirely. Um, West time. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start my oven preheating and then I'm going to come back and we'll do the Western Conference. Done. It'll be literally two seconds. Yeah. Uh, Basket. Ball. Basketball. Basketball. Hey, hey. Hey there. Have you considered... Basketball. Try now. Hey. Hello. 
<laughs> I didn't realize I hadn't muted my mic, so. <laughs> Got a, a tiny little clip of you sauntering over. Um, I, I, was um. just, I was just making silly voices into a microphone, that's all. <laughs> Denver. Um. Denver. Um, who knows? Honestly. Like, this is the moment for Michael Porter Jr. to turn into the third star, right? This is, this should yeah. be the moment. Um, yeah. I'm genuinely optimistic it might happen because he's so fucking good. But he's also yeah. flaky as shit and that might still not be enough. So. Yeah, the the, the thing is that, like... If, a, if someone got out of a time machine and told me, like, Denver w- wins this season, Ooh. I'd be like, Ooh. I see how that happens. I could imagine it. I wouldn't uh, be, like, uh, shocked. It, it would require, but I'd be surprised. It would require Jamal Murray coming back early and looking good when he came back, which is never oh, a reliable Oh, I thing. forgot that Jamal has, like... The, okay, yeah, I forgot that. That's, he's got the... Is it ACL tear? I think it's an ACL I tear. Think so, it's, I think it's an ACL. But, yeah, okay. like... That's the dampener because otherwise they they are still a team that knows how the fuck to win because they are they are like going to be built around the best and most reliable and most singularly unstoppable in a way that even like Steph isn't a singularly yeah. unstoppable offensive force because Jokic is like unmatchable, but they just yeah. don't have all the other bits and pieces to make them an elite team. But the, like, yeah. the the thing that might is just like okay if MPJ turns into second coming of I don't know Tracy McGrady. Well, yeah, and, like, not just MPJ making, like, the leap, but, like, you know, people like, um, who, uh, Monte Sorry. Morris could get better, Bol yeah. Bol could get better, um, Aaron Gordon could do better, Gordon. not making, like, a leap, but, <laughs> yeah. like, just, just being like, the playing, like, slightly better they than they yeah. have. Yeah, you know? I, I said Tracy McGrady. Who's a who's a instead of a six foot seven scorer, who's a six foot ten scorer? Who isn't Kevin Durant? Wow, I didn't realize I didn't realize MPJ was that tall. He is um. a big boy. <laughs> well, he's not. He's not gonna play like Kevin Durant. <laughs> no, no. That sense, like, how can you how can you say six foot ten scorer while not saying Kevin Durant? You know, that's how it goes. I mean, second coming of Tracy McGrady is like, like tall Tracy McGrady is not like, yeah, <laughs> out of the question. All star MPJ is six foot ten Tracy McGrady. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. That's what I'm after. Um, yeah, scary, cool. Um, yeah, I don't th- like. Yeah, uh, I, I don't think MPJ is ever gonna be like you know, MVP candidate or whatever. I, but he could be an all-star. That, no that is within that. him. Yeah, you know? absolutely, absolutely. Timberwolves. Oh, who cares? Yeah, they, they've literally gone through a whole thing where their front office, like, shat its own beds three weeks after the free agency because of, like, leching on, like, female employees. Like, they're just a fucking basket case. I Doesn't hope- A-Rod own them now? Yeah, A-Rod co-owns them. Um, uh, Cat deserves better, frankly. Yeah. That, that's about it. I think this might be fun. Maybe that's a platform for them winning like 35 I, games. I have watched the clips. I have yeah. seen the man play basketball. Yeah. Um, Anthony Edwards is a funny guy. I love seeing him speak. The basketball doesn't feel like... 
it fe- feels a lot like guy who played six different sports in high school, you know? Yeah. He feels like an and incredible like, athlete and potentially not a very good basketball player, which is an- sad, but like... the Once again, if someone got out of a time machine and told me, like, you know... Anthony Edwards is out of the league at age 30. I'd be like, I see how that could, I see that how, how that happens. Yeah. The, the thing for me is like, he's going to be so reliant on athleticism and I don't actually like, we're going to see, there's a difference between like skill and like court perception and the thing that always gets paraphrases IQ and I fucking hate it. But like, it's that like defensive positioning, uh, decision-making with the ball in your hand, decision-making off ball, uh, awareness and yeah. concentration. He's just got like, such a long way to go until he's like baseline competent at so many of those skills that aren't just the like technical skill development stuff but the like the entire mental side of the game that i just do not trust that he will ever get there um yeah so yeah yeah um the thunder who cares they're not gonna do anything they're literally trying to tank sga might be great but they're trying to tank how did how does the Thunder have every pick in the league and still need to tank? This is what I want to know. Because they <laughs> like, need to I, make the picks. They need to bide their time until those picks are their players. That's the thing that needs to yeah, happen. Yeah, I, I guess that's the thing, is that Sam Presti did draft uh, three of the best players the last 10 years. You just have to let him draft them. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, what, what happens if Sam Presti just, like... Shits the bed. Loses his touch. So, you know? it would be wild, but... Not unrealistic. What if he doesn't draft like Harden, Westbrook, and Durant the next time he gets to do this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, uh, fundamentally, though, this is the idea of the process, which is you buy so many lottery tickets that you cannot fuck it up, even in sheer quantity of asset value. Um, um, I mean, you can. We saw it happen. <laughs> we literally saw it happen, but the theory still holds. Uh... uh Blazers. Ben McLemore playing for the Blazers now? I didn't know that. Apparently so. Um, they got rid of the awful bits of this. They got rid of Mello, which is sadly probably a good thing because that means they might actually be able to yeah. defend someone now. Um, yeah. Fundamentally, they made a very interesting change uh, trade in, to get Larry Nance Jr., who is uh-huh. exactly the kind of like 3-4 to sit alongside Robert Covington to like both also shift up to the five when Nakush is off the floor, have a competent small option, and also just be like very good, big, competent offensive player who can defend the shit out of the ball and make them a team that can like let Dame run the show and still be really good on both ends. Like that's the yeah. Hope. This, uh, it's just the thing. Who who ended up who ended up as the head coach? I don't uh, remember. Ch- uh, Chauncey Billups with the right. whole with the whole drama about yeah. Right. Because they didn't go for Jason Kidd, but then they went for Chauncey Billups, who has the same... Yeah. Right. Okay. It makes it slightly uncomfortable to want this team to succeed. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fucking sucks. And... and, you know, sucks that, you know, this is apparently not a thing that Dame cares about. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, that Dame is, like, requesting, you know, <laughs> Jason Kidd. Sucks. Yeah. Um, Utah. Yeah, frauds. 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 
Frauds, all of them. Gonna keep cackling. Like they're gonna win. They're gonna win sixty regular season games, and they're gonna be bouncing either the second round, probably the second round, to a good playoff team like the Lakers. It's not gonna be particularly dignified, and they're not gonna fix the issues because they can't. I'm okay. Okay, I'm trying to think of a comparison, and I'm I'm I keep going with offensive centers who are like the great defensive centers. Like, because uh, I, I went like Russell. I was thinking of like. <laughs> Kareem and um, Shaq. Who uh, I know Kareem is a good defender. I know Shaq is a good defender. But I was thinking of like I was thinking in the wrong direction. Yeah, because that's not uh, Dwight Howard, Ben Wallace. Uh... Yeah, like like Rudy Gobert could play like MVP season. Like, did he have an MVP season? Dwight Howard, he depends. Uh, defensive Player of the Year, certainly. Oh yeah, Dwight won. I think like four DPOYs came second or third in. Um, MVP once or twice like yeah yeah he could play like peak Dwight Howard and um, Donovan Mitchell could play like peak Dwayne Wade and I still think this team is built of frauds yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and I think they're I think they have earned all the disrespect that like everybody has heaped on them Um, the the KD and LeBron picking them last for the all-star game was so deserved. Good. So good. <laughs> Not because I have any sort of scorn for Donovan Mitchell, but because the Utah Jazz are worthy of scorn. <laughs> yeah. I, I will simply come back. The, 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 the image of Mitt Romney sitting in the front row with a Jazz jersey on will flash back into my brain, and I will just like, no, 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 not for me. And if Donovan Mitchell ever gets goes to another team, I will happily root for him. Yeah. Um, if... Rudy Gobert ended up as a second string center for a team I liked. I would, you know, be happy to root for him. But uh, this is a team of frauds. Rudy Gobert is a fraud. That's the actual thing is that I think Rudy Gobert is a fraud. Yeah. I mean, I just want Joel Embiid to steal his lunch money every single time they play. That's the thing I really want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Warriors. It's either there are only two options. Either... The magic is going to be back, or this is going to be sad. Yeah, yeah. That, this, that, this that's, is, this there are only two ways this can go. We fucked around for two years. We find out this year. Um, Clay will be back in a couple months. We need to see what mm-hmm. he looks like because the reports are all great, but like now, nah, like sometimes you have it and sometimes you just don't, and it will mm-hmm. be really fucking miserable to see Clay not have it. Um, they got Iggy back. They, they, but they he's got... thirty-seven, so yeah. <laughs> they got the gang. Um, but yeah, like a lineup that goes, like what would their what would their like death lineup five be right now? It would be maybe one of the new guys, but uh, no, it wouldn't. It would Steph, be Steph, Clay, Raymond, Clay, Otto, Otto Porter, and one Weissman? of now. Nah, like, I'm trying to think what would their like what would their going small? Um, oh, Wiggins, obviously. Um, <sighs> yeah, Steph, Clay. Wiggins, Otto Porter, and Draymond. That is a lineup that could potentially be really scary. It's a lineup that, like, functionally feels very similar to the pre-Durant Hamptons five units. Like, that yeah. is a way of um, putting a team together that, like, makes perfect sense. Might put Steph in a position to, like, I think again, I think Steph is a good MVP candidate. Um, shout. Um, if this I, th- I like- think. Steph and Dame both are like high on my MVP candidate list. For for me, the two are Katie and Steph right now. Um, uh, depends also how this. I think Embiid might actually be a shout because depends on how the Sixers do. If they tread water 
well without having Simmons like it could just all get credit to MB that might be fun but yeah like yeah. the concept of this team makes sense what is it relying on it's reliant on Andrew Wiggins being a functional like mid-tier NBA player which he kind of is now <laughs> reasonable um, still mm-hmm. might be an awful decision maker and shooter but like you'll live with that um, it relies uh, Andrew on- Wiggins apparently exactly one year older than me <laughs> Wow. Um, February it, 23rd, 1995 to me, February 22nd, 1996. Crazy. Wow. But yeah. Anyway. Relies on Iggy and Otto Porter not breaking down into a pile of cogs, which is somewhat unlikely. Yeah. Um, it relies on Draymond having the magic, which he does. Well, he is fundamentally a different player. He cannot be the switch guy he was a couple of years ago. He does not have the burst anymore. He is mm-hmm. still, though, the most like, intelligent and capable quarterback for a defense there has ever been, probably. Um, yeah. In which case, like, <laughs> he can drop and he can scramble and he can make plays and he will ruin teams that way. Yeah. Um, still up in the air whether he's still got it. Uh, Steph I, is the one player I do not have doubts about. Um, and, yeah, it's relying on Clay being a semblance of his former self, which is, like, yeah. the scariest thing to think about. But it, it really... It really... If Clay has it, like... If Clay has it, they may they could go the distance. Like, if I don't, has it, I, they could be a four or five seed that knocks off whoever's top in the West. Like, no question. Yeah, yeah. Like, if if, if Clay has it, the Magic's back, and oh, it's gonna be so fucking depressing if they can't do it this year. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's the, gonna be fucking sad. The alternative is like, I've heard people on podcasts mention this. Like, what if Clay needs time to ramp up, and their year is next year? If they have a, a year in this window, it's next year. Like, mm-hmm. I could see that. I could see that plausibly. I could also see them packaging Wiseman, Kaminga, and something else for another player who actually fits their needs, given that the guys in the trade market right now do not. Like, there is a version of this in my head where they sort of, like, cobble together another team. But there's also, like, they've talking very, very explicitly about succession planning. And, like, it's terrifying, but it's going to happen sometime soon that, like, they cannot sustain winning basketball with the big three that they have yeah um we should finish this up but i'm gonna call nora back real quick so i might be like five minutes that's all right yeah i'm just gonna say the word basketball a whole lot more basketball 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 Basketball. Have you tried basketball? I'm bored of saying basketball now. Basketball? Not bored of saying basketball anymore. Fucking love the NBA, man. Love that shit so much.
basketball. Look at the video. It's recording right now. Basketball. Babe. Basketball. <laughs> you don't want to be on the motherfucking camera. I want to do that again. Basketball. Basketball. I say basketball as I'm watching the Twitter feed at MLBHR videos to see um, ultimately Carl Schwarber and Wanda Franco having crushed homers. Um, shout out to Molly. We're just fully, fully in on playoff baseball, uh, which is a fun time. Um, every member of the Los Angeles Dodgers can suck a dick, though. I say that not out of any particular hatred, though, like, big super team with a big budget. It's always a, not a good person to root for. But mostly because my dear friend Molly's personal well-being is far more important to me than any semblance of decent fairness. I, I, I want the Giants to do well, and I want the Dodgers to literally fall on their damn asses. Oh no, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna put um, Limerence by Eve Chima underneath the whole of this, and therefore it'll be you know, profoundly meaningful. That's how it works. Hello. Hello. Are you cool to keep going? Like, do we need to speed yeah. up or? No, 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 no. We're good. We're good. Sweet. So the Clippers are also frauds. I don't care. Yeah. So I mean, they're without Kawhi, so they're not actually going to be competitors this season. But like, they haven't got the talent. Wait, that... wait. Oh, right. Kawhi is like, out. What happened out. to Kawhi? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. What uh, ACL or Achilles? I don't remember. Uh, let me see. Partial tear of the ACL. Oof. 
I mean, again, like him coming back and looking good isn't that beyond the realms. It wasn't a full tear, you know, all that. But yeah, um, no, it could. I mean, it, it could happen. It's just I never believed in them, and now I super don't. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um. Just straight up, like Paul George is your best player is not a good recipe for success. Like he could be amazing. He could be the best version of Paul George, and it still won't be good good enough because he's not that yeah. player. It's not that guy. He's back to his MVP season. <laughs> remember, remember the, the remember that moment when Paul George went to OKC and played out of his fucking skin, and then Dame <laughs> sent them home. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, I do remember it because I remember Caramel Danson playing in the arena. As it yes. Happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lakers. Man. Man. You have Russ feelings? Anthony Davis is a nine-year NBA veteran. Mm -hmm. He is 28 years old. Mm -hmm. He is the youngest part of, like, the core of this team. Yep. This is an old team. Yeah. Of old people. They got Dwight Howard back. <laughs> From the sixes, even. Like... Oh. And, you, and you know what? They missed Dwight Howard. <laughs> they really did. They did not they get what they were after him. out of, like, fucking Andre Drummond and Montrezl Harrell. So they went out and got back uh, Dwight they also picked up DeAndre Jordan for some fucking reason. You know, just get the guys with the name. Get the guys with the name and the reputation. Listen, listen. Like, in theory, I am excited to watch LeBron, Russ, and Carmelo play basketball together. Yeah. I know that's not going to be... Melo is not going to be in the starting five, I assume. I don't... I don't know what their starting five is. It, it, it's he LeBron. Be in the starting five. <laughs> who's the starting five? It's LeBron, Russ, Anthony Davis. Uh, not Trevor Ariza. Not um, uh, Taylor Horton Tucker. I assume. I there's uh, a there, there are a bunch of options. I think. Uh, it's it's going to be two out of I think personally. Two out of Baysmore, Wayne Ellington, and Taylor Horton Tucker. Ugh. I think Ellington and Baysmore's a decent shout. This is just such a weird team because it's like there there are four, five future Hall of Famers on this team. Mm-hmm. Um and, and, and I don't know who their starting five is. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, uh, it very much is big two plus Russ plus gang. Like that's that's fine. That might be enough to win a title, but it might. I, it might be. I j- I don't know what this team is. I don't. I don't know like who Russell Westbrook is anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. I totally totally agree. I don't know. I don't know how you put Russell Westbrook and, and LeBron James on the court together just from like an ego standpoint. You mm. know. Yeah. Does, does 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 do you have Russ taking the ball up the court? Because I know he's a point guard, but like LeBron James is the point guard of this team. You don't you know? want 
Russ doing what he does well means not doing the thing your team is set up to do, which is LeBron running the fucking show. Like, everything, yeah. everything about them being on the court at the same time in minutes that matter is, like, terrifying. Yeah, so. I, don't, I don't... What... And even when Russ is not winning basketball games, I love watching him play. I love watching him just like be Russ, do his thing. I don't know, like, I don't know what his thing is when he's on the court with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, which is like the best two men game in in the, you know, I, I. LeBron James is 37. <laughs> you know? Maybe maybe this is the thing. Maybe it's just like, Russ might even be a zero in the playoffs. Even if he is a zero in the playoffs, it is more valuable to have him there than any of the other potential options because it means LeBron can play 60 games and be exceptional when it matters. Yeah, I LeBron's going to give up that MVP chase he did for the last two seasons. He's yeah. got to stop. I mean, he needs to, but also, like, what the fuck does he have left to prove? Like, he is number one or number two in people's all-time ballots. So, who the fuck cares? Yeah. He he should have won five straight MVPs. And I think if he had won five straight MVPs, like... He wouldn't have cared the last two seasons about winning one more. And, Hmm. you know, maybe could have gone farther in the playoffs. Because the thing that he did last year was foolhardy, and the thing that he did before... The year before was just unfortunately cursed by um, a global pandemic, yes, you know? exactly. Or to, to whatever extent it meant that he ended up getting a ring out of it, like, great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he didn't win his MVP, but he got his damn ring, so, like, good Exactly, yeah. Um, Suns. The Suns! I'm excited to watch this team! Yeah, I, I, I want to see them go out again. I genuinely do. This is, like... The Bucks, I'm like, oh, I don't know, like, what's their what's their goals? Like, what are they after? You know, oh, I don't know what this team is. The the Suns, I'm like, they know they can get there. They know they can do this. And they're going to come out pissed off, I feel like. Yeah, no, 100%. <laughs> if, if, if I'm Devin Booker, uh, I'm killing everybody in this league. <laughs> I'm cooking every single person on every single possession. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They um, they are going to have the talent to actually, um, you know, take all the axes they have to grind and, like, start chopping trees with it. Like, I'm excited. Yeah. And and they've still got DeAndre Ayton, who I just think is, like, a magical person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, DeAndre is fun. DeAndre is, like, I'm still very confused about what sort of player he'll end up being, where they'll demand more, like demand the team being like skewed around his needs more because yeah like he was always he was always a number one pick he's clearly immensely talented but he's still like quite clearly best as of defense first minimal offensive role but well skilled scoring center like Mm -hmm. i i'm fascinated to see what this team evolves into particularly like chris paul will tail off at some point in his career but you know got time to wait presumably I, I thought I thought the Chris Paul like fading star happened in Oklahoma. Like I thought, like okay, yeah, no, the, like, the, the whole thing was they were they were good. The SGA Chris Paul Schroeder lineups were just really good. Like yeah, and and I thought like okay, this is like 
the last really good year, and then it's gonna it's it's gonna fall off. And you know, he still apparently he still has it, really which I didn't does. didn't expect. You know, yeah. So Sacramento, um, anyone pretending to care about them? Who plays for Sacramento? Uh, De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, the ghost of um, Marvin Bagley. <laughs> uh, uh, Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes. Buddy Heald. Uh, Harrison Barnes is only 29 years old. Yeah, man. He, Har- Harrison Barnes is, is young enough that, like, you never know. He could be packaged in some trade and end up winning like another two rings somehow. And everybody's like, "How did Harrison Barnes win like he's four rings at the end of his career or he's, whatever?" He's paid you know? slightly too much for that to happen reliably right now. But like, yeah. I would put it past it because he is legitimately like a a three slash four with like a big reasonable defensive frame, and he can just score and shoot. Like, he's not great, but he is useful in a way that like doesn't make a meaningful difference to this Kings team and. Might to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, we've got some sad teams to talk about now. Really we got, we, we've got the Dallas Mavericks, which just seem like they're on fire, which is sad because they have, you know, Luka fucking Doncic. They have Luka fucking Doncic, and they decided to gut their front office and fire one of the best coaches in the league to replace him with Jason Kidd. God, just, I forgot about that. Uh, I forgot that Rick Carlisle is coaching the NBA, the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, to be honest, to be fair to Rick Carlisle, massive respect for the dude. Still don't think it makes the Pacers relevant. <laughs> no, no. But just just as I don't think that you know, you know, putting Greg Popovich uh, with say twenty nobodies um, is you know going to produce results. But yeah, uh, uh, Dallas is an absolute like trash fire, and a mm-hmm. very depressing one because they have systematically screwed up every opportunity they had pre Luca getting properly paid to, um, I, to 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 make the team anything like what it needs to be. It's just it's just it's sad to watch somebody like mishandle like the early years of Luka Doncic's prime. Yeah. You know? Because he's going to leave this team now. (laughs) Or he's an insane person. Could go either way. I mean, the thing about it is, like, they can still offer him ludicrous money um, Mm -hmm. and will continue to. However, Luka is also 22. He Mm -hmm. could legit, like, you know play out that full five-year max extension contract and still only be like 26, 27 when he's like, right, this did not work. Let's go somewhere else and do it properly. Yeah. It's bonkers because he arrived in the league so young, but like, it's also bizarre that we're in a situation where like the options for a player of Lucas stature, similarly with Zion or something like that, is like, suck it up and get paid ludicrous money for a place you don't want to be in. Or, Ben Simmons situation style, make a fucking ruckus while you're on a contract. Which is, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. But I don't mm-hmm. see good outcomes on Dallas' horizons, which is very, very scary. Yeah. Um, 
I just want to watch Luka Doncic play good basketball because yeah. I think he's yeah. I think he's fun when he's on. He's so and fun. He's so graceful. He, uh, and the only player around him who I think is fun to watch is Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, you know, I mean, just because like, he's a fucking chucker. Like, that's it. I, ne- I never want to see Chris Tepp's Porzingis to catch another pass in his life. I never... I <sighs> that's, that's some autumn noises. <laughs> uh, Houston Rockets. Uh, this is a place that dreams go to die. Yeah, I mean, they have Jalen Green. I mean, I'm happy because I hate them. Yeah. But, like... I mean, yeah, they, they are they are completely retooling. Jalen Green's going to get a lot of touches. He's going to score a lot of points. He's also going to be ruinously inefficient. He still might be fun. Seems like a bouncy, fun player. Um, come again in three years' time. Yeah. Um, you know that they're a place where dreams go to die because John Wall is playing for them. Um. <laughs> Shout out to John Wall. Shout out to John Wall literally not giving a fuck any opportunity he can. You know what? The thing about John Wall is in some ways having a um, aspirational NBA career because you know you could become the best point. You could like become the best point guard in the league, or you could get injured um, and make a lot of money not doing much. And may you know what? John Wall could be playing better and more consistently and, and making more money, but he got injured and he's found a way to just get paid a good amount of money and not work that hard. And I love that for him. I, I, I think we can, we can all appreciate that dream. Yeah. Memphis. Oh, you know what? I said we were going to talk about sad teams. We're not talking about just sad teams because Memphis is fun. Memphis is fun. Memphis, legit Memphis is exciting. the Hornets of the of the West. Exactly, yeah. Um, both in terms of like being that team who, like historically, has been slightly sad and slightly like punchy, but in a ways that never seem to go anywhere. But yeah, so, so a, a weird thing that they did was make a bunch of trades that make them short term worse to just like accumulate assets and opportunities. Like they swapped Jonas Valanciunas for uh, Stephen Adams, which is like genuinely a, a minor downgrade. But mm-hmm. fundamentally, like, this whole situation is about, like, getting the best young players they can in the draft and turning them into, like, the best version of a young core that can go places. And that's, like, they've added Zaya Williams, who I think is pretty interesting. They've got, it's like, smaller pieces, people like DeAnthony Melton, who I really, really like, and um, Brandon Clark. They picked up Jarrett Culver from the Wolves as a reclamation project. And, like, this team lives and dies now by whether Jaron Jackson can be healthy and defend um, and whether John Morant can be an off-the-dribble scorer, um, whether he can, like, shoot off-the-dribble yeah. at a high level. And if they can... Yeah, if... if yeah. If Ja can, like, add that just one more th- thing to his game. Yeah. You know? And then you're looking at... Because I, I, I think he can do it. Yeah, you know? totally, totally. Like, honestly, his early returns were, like, so good, I'd be shocked if he didn't, like rediscover some of that touch or just like grow into his body in a way that like gave him the coordination back but like fundamentally I think yeah I'm excited his rookie season I was like oh man this is really fun it's gonna suck in 10 years when he can't do this yeah you know um and I don't know last year I didn't watch a ton of job but like I watched enough and I'm like he might have like another dimension like he might like take a leap here you know I I have Um, I have faith in for some reason, I just have faith that 
he'll keep developing. And that there are yeah. like people around him that are gonna make that easy. To just 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 keep being the guy who you can put the ball in his hands and good things will happen. I'm excited to see that at least. I want Jaron Jackson to work out so badly though. I watched Jaron Jackson was one of the first plays I watched in college. Like as in knew he was an NBA prospect, went to the college tape and just like devoured the highlights because I was just like so besotted with watching him. He was like all the comparisons were to like Draymond but six eleven because that's what it looked like. He looked like okay, he was at Michigan State, it helps. He looked like the guy who could like <laughs> patrol the back line and swat stuff and then grab the ball off the rim and make an outlet pass or dribble up the field and either pull up or dump it off or go into dribble handoff. Like he looked like he had a combination of handle, passing feel and like court vision and sh- like a wonky shot, but a real one. And then also like high, high level defensive instincts. And fundamentally, he just doesn't seem to be able to put it all together as a defensive player, which is the bit of his game that I was, like, most confident about. At the same time, Mm -hmm. he's just, like, elite stretch five. Elite, elite stretch five. So, yeah, I want him to put it together. And also, like, he's young, you know? Oh, God, so young. Yeah, like, it could come together, you know? I'm just waiting for it. I'm just waiting for it. Um, who is coaching the New Orleans Pelicans? Let's have a Willie Green. Yeah, (laughs) who the fuck is Willie Green? I'm looking at his Wikipedia page. Never heard of this guy. Uh, he has never been a head coach before. He's been an assistant with the Warriors and Phoenix Suns. He's a former player who was drafted 41st overall in 2003. Uh, that's about it. Um, he was on like a title, two title winning Warriors stuffs, but like, there we go. I mean, it could, it could mean anything because I, on the one hand, I think that like Steve Kerr is an amazing coach. And on the other hand, like, I think if you have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and, um, the team kind of coaches itself. Yeah. It works itself out. Yeah. So fundamentally we do not know, um, but yeah, the Pelicans are in a weird ass spot. So, what exactly did they do this off season? They ditched Lonzo. They replaced them with Devonte Graham. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be strange. They ditched Stephen Adams, replaced him with Jonas Valanciunas. Um, they kept Brandon Ingram. Kept Brandon Ingram, which is the right choice. I think for now, yeah. I mean, we'll see how it goes, but he is yeah. going to be better than anything they'll get in return. Yeah, they have a bunch of these sorts of like B plus young young like prospects. Like Kyra Lewis is interesting. Nikhil Alexander Walker is pretty interesting. Uh, Josh Hart is still going to be a functional player. Jackson Hayes, I'm down on. I never thought he was a good pick, but like he's something. Fundamentally, I'm still they, I'm yeah. still just down on Zion a little bit. Oh, I that's the one thing I'm not like Zion. I think might be like world destroyer this season. Um, maybe I'm wrong I, I, I'm in yeah. on Zion and I'm down on pretty much everything else about this team which is really really upsetting to say but I just like I don't see it at all that, that might be the thing is that like I might be in a place where I'm like it doesn't matter how well Zion Williamson plays because yeah. I just don't think that like anything in the rest of the team is put together in a way that like uh, yeah. gets him gets him to where he needs to be yeah I I 
how do we feel about the... I remember people either really liking or really hating the Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson two, two-man game, but I don't actually remember like what people felt. Yeah. I, I don't know that I watched the Pelicans last year at yeah, all. Yeah, so the, the major issue is like both of them want the ball in their hands to be the best version themselves, um, and Brandon Ingram has not figured out really what a like off-the-ball and secondary playmaker game really could be, but he's like a good scorer, like a properly good scorer. Um he's also just like floating on defense in a way that's really unhelpful because Zion has not figured out defense at all yet. So be it, the, the idea of two six for eight guys, one of whom's an absolute tank, the other of whom's a skilled scorer as your front court makes all the sense in the world as your, as your forward combo. And you, I don't know, you put hopefully a stretch five because that's what would make Zion like blow the fuck up and some like functional defensively solid good shooting guards around them like makes all the sense in the world and they just like are not there yet they just fundamentally are not I guess there I guess I just um I guess here's the thing and the, here's my thing about Zion now that I think about it a little bit is that um in in a lot of ways um Giannis is sort of like the the second incarnation of Shaq. Yes. Like that is like the comparison. Uh-huh. And I feel like this is also the comparison for Zion, you know? Yeah. It can't um, it can't really be because he isn't so big as to post people up and yeah. bully them that way. Yeah, but I, I feel like I just I get because of like the, the the strength and just like the you know like he bullies people in a very different way where he's not posting them up he's just running at them yeah. <laughs> you know in which case like um, second year lebron like pre skill development yeah LeBron. okay that i can i feel more comfortable with cuz i just like i just want him to have a defensive game if he's going to yeah i think that's maybe where i d- don't have a great deal of faith in zion is like when are you going to play defense and how are you going to play it yeah <clears throat> We'll find out. I think legit he could have like one of the best defensive careers of any player in the league right now. Um, Mm -hmm. He could just be absolutely dominant, but like I don't see how this team puts it together. So yeah, we'll find out. Uh, Last team, um, San Antonio Spurs. I am looking at their roster and I do not know any of these people. Uh... Let's see. Zach Collins. I know the name Zach Collins he, from somewhere. Oh, I, Zach Collins was drafted, I think, 10th overall by the Blazers a couple seasons ago. Uh, just been too injured to make a contribution. Ended up getting traded, I think, or signed and traded. Um, Africa Mino, of like, you know who that is. Uh, Bryn Forbes ended up back here after some time with the Bucks. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, who matters? Who actually matters? Dejounte Murray matters. Yeah, Dejounte Murray matters. Uh, Der- I'm, Derek White Thaddeus matters. Young is at least a name that I know. Oh, because he's played for fourteen years. Okay, yeah. that's why. Uh, Derek White matters. He could be really excellent, but again, like, I wish Lonnie Walker mattered. He was super high on my board when he came in the draft. I still think he's got like incredible, incredible tools. Waiting for it to happen for him. Um, Yucca Puddle uh, matters because he is the most obvious, straightforward, like rim protecting center only, but who is good at what he does. 
the Spurs had a high draft pick and picked a guy who was born in 2002. Um, who, yeah, like, God. <laughs> the Josh Primo pick was confounding. Um, he is literally 18 years old right now. No one rated him nearly as highly as he got picked. I don't know what they're up to. They're in a holding pattern. We'll see. Yeah, it, it, it feels like um, they had a plan for what was going to happen when Tim retired, and that blew up. Uh, and I don't, I don't know what the identity of this team is. I don't know what, you know. I, I don't know where they're going. That's fine. You know? And I, I don't think they, they can really because they need to either get so bad that they pick up the, the, the player who stretches their next to, like, goes at it. Or they need to, yeah, like, get the development out of the place they have picked up to, like, become relevant that way. But, like, both seem very far off. Yeah. Uh, okay, um, can, I, can I get, let's just, just, like, quick stabs? Yes. Title winner. Um, title winner, title winner, title winner. I want to, like I say, I would pick the Nets, but I want to have more fun with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's not, after the Nets, there's not a clear favorite to me. No, there's, hey, a, there's a tier what? of good contenders, but. And all your embarrassing sex toys. <laughs> embarrassing um... sex toys? Where? <laughs> Um, I'm I'm googling NBA championship odds. I need to like put myself in the right mindset. Yep. Here. Um. So so okay this this odds chart we've got the Nets plus two forty Lakers plus four hundred Warriors plus nine hundred Bucks nine hundred. The Warriors are so high because a lot of people put money on them even if they're not quite at that yeah. that level. There are, the, there are the, yeah, this is down. the thing, is that yeah. the, the, this is skewed by, like, people where the, just bet on things. Where the money's going, yeah. Um, because, like, the Clippers are at plus 1,600, and that's not happening. No. Um, I guess I'm picking the Nets. I'm picking the Nets because, like, none of these teams, none of the teams at the top of the league scream to me like oh that's a threat yeah i there's there's stuff there are teams i can see the nuggets like getting lucky i could see the sixers like making a good trade i could see the suns just like you know i could see the suns going the distance there's there's stuff i can imagine happening but it's the nets just feel like a more of a sure bet yeah it's like nets and then lakers who i do not trust whatsoever and Bucks. No, I uh, I'm almost tempted to say Bucks because I could imagine a similar situation to last year happening again. Yeah, same, same. But yeah, I think they're gonna. The, I think the Nets Nets have to be the pick for me. I'm I'm in agreement there. I th- I think I think it's probably gonna come down once again to like when you know when the Bucks and the Nets meet in the Eastern Conference playoffs, like, that's going to be the real finals. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, that is a discredit to the Suns, who had a chance to win it. That it, is it, a discredit it, to the it, Suns. They went 2-0 two, uh, two up and, like, looked like they were going to run away with it. Um, I still I still remember sitting and messaging you being like, the Suns can't fuck this up now, surely. And then they lose four straight. <laughs> um, I'm also like, what happens to, just narrative-wise... KD versus LeBron. 
Katie versus Westbrook being dragged, kicking and stringing back into the finals, probably against, well, in spite of his own playoff shortcomings. Like, mm-hmm. that would be a fascinating series. Yeah. Nets Lakers is, yeah. Again, both of these teams, like, flawed in significant ways, which make them, like, less inevitable seeming than any of the Warriors teams were. But I have like more fun questions I want to ask, but I do need to go cook dinner. So I guess I'm gonna end with one last question. I'm so go for it. Hungry. I love you too. Um, MVP. Uh, I already said that my like top tier for options is Katie, Steph, and B. I think it's mm-hmm. not it's not going to be a Jokic repeat because people wouldn't do no. that. I think there's no. already that sort of swell where like, well, firstly, like how has KD got one MVP and Giannis has two? How does KD, KD like top mm-hmm. 20 player of all time already have the same number of MVPs as Nikola Jokic who hasn't like proved that he can actually like be an elite player or even a top 10 player in the league reliably? Mm-hmm. Um, I think Steph, could be the leading star on a team that people are just like desperately glad to watch and have back. And Mm -hmm. he almost got it last year for that kind of role already. And I think Embiid, if he stays healthy, is probably about as impactful as any other players. Yes. I think think what's going to happen is that Embiid is going to miss like... 15 games. 15 games. (laughs) Yeah. And he's going to be out of the running. Uh, and I think that's probably going to keep happening to him for the rest of his life. I, is that he's going to be in the running, he's going to miss 10 to 15 games, and he's going to be out. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, the the dark horse for me is like, what happens if it... Uh, uh, the playoff? Sorry, not playoff. The odds favorite is Luka Doncic. And I just don't fucking see that. I think no. this Mavs team is so miserable that, like, we're never going to have that, like, well, Luka Doncic is just inevitable, isn't he? Because, like, this team will not make him look inevitable. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, this is not baseball. In baseball, you can win MVP on a bad team. Um, NBA MVP voters, like, care about, like, team success. Yeah. Um, and, like, the the Mavs are going to be in the play-in game. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, th- that is, that's the sort of, like... I be- maybe... I maybe want to pick Giannis. So the th- this is the thing, like, Giannis is, like, right there. He's, like, right there. So yeah. obviously being exceptional in a completely obvious way. And I still feel like... I, I don't know whether the Jokic MVP is going to have, like, kicked people out of the, the, like, oh, we can't just give it to the same guy over and over again. It's cheaper. I, Which would be dumb. Yeah, but, I feel you know. like I feel like Jokic won by default, and like I could see a narrative of like not Giannis was robbed because I don't think Giannis played as well in the regular season as Jokic did. But no, I could but see the best player like, should win the award, right? The best player should win the award. He's coming off the finals MVP. People factor last year's playoffs into MVP voting, even when they say they shouldn't or say they don't. Yeah. Um, and I think my I think my dark horse candidate I think it's KD or Giannis I think my dark horse candidate is Dame I think I, I think I think if this team can figure it out somehow like I 
Yeah, I there was support for it last year, and I think there will continue to be support for it this year. Yeah, Dame's the sort of player where, like, I could very much imagine him, like, quite obviously being in that, like, top five conversation and staying there all year. But, like, yeah. again, in a, in a similar way to, like, I don't think they'll give it to Jokic again. I don't think they'll be, like, Lillard is the best player in the league, and that justifies him getting the award. That just mm-hmm. That's, like, a step too far. At the same time, like, fundamentally, like, there are so many good players in the league right now. And, yeah. like, the fact is, like, the reasons we're not talking about, like, anyone from Jokic to to um, LeBron are, like, range from, uh, people either just don't really feel like it, or, uh, he's not going to push that hard, on the full understanding that, like, any one of them could be the most impactful player in the, the league throughout the season. There are like seven plays I can imagine all in this tier. Yeah. Um, well, I should go make dinner. You go do that. Um, goodbye, everybody. We're ending this pretty abruptly because I want to get rolling. Do it. <laughs> Take it easy. Bye. Bye. Basketball camp is next weekend. You got amazing potential on the court, and I can help you get there. That's not what I want, Dad. You never let me do what I want to do. You never let me just do me. Hold up, wrong floor. Bet Will Smith ain't got to deal with this. Dad! Down! What in the Matrix hell? Welcome to the space. Welcome, King James. I am the king of this domain. This is the serververse. What'd you do to my son? Where's Dom? The only way you're getting your son back is if you and I play a little basketball. Pete, send this clown to the rejects. Wait. What is this? I'm a cartoon? Meep. What's up, Doc? Come on and I need to assemble an elite team to help give my son back. I know what you're looking for. So shoot, baby, shoot. A dream team. Mom, shoot the ball. Let's try that again, shall we? King James. Welcome to the Space Jam. Introducing the Goon Squad. You gotta win this game. Let's end this. Yes, you cry and get our son back. <laughs> Classic. Welcome to the Space Jam. I'm going old school on his butt. Whoa. Welcome to the Space Jam.